Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. We'll be in chapter 2, and we'll be in verses 18 through 22. So we'll be in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Uh, the original plan was to go all the way through chapter 3, verse 6. Um, that ended up being about a 50-minute sermon, and, and so I cut it in half so that, you know, split the difference on us for two weeks. So we'll be in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Let us hear now from the word of God. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, that patch tears away from it, and the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does... The wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to him in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So when Avonlea, who's our oldest and she's our daughter, when she was three years old, I didn't get her permission, so I'm sorry, but it's nothing revealing about you. This is about mom and dad here. So lesson to pastors out there, get your kids permission first. I failed. I'm sorry, Avonlea. So when she was three years old, we took her to Disney World for the first time. And we were super excited. I hadn't been to Disney World since I was a kid. We were living in Texas, so we did the whole flight thing. We stayed for the week. We did everything. But we're there in Disney World, and there on Main Street, they sell these incredible balloons. And you might know the ones I'm talking about. They're clear, and then inside is another balloon blown up in the shape of Mickey Mouse ears. And then oftentimes they put lights inside of that as well. They did not at the time when we were there. But Avonlea really wanted one of these balloons. Well, we uh, got a second mortgage on our home to pay for it. (laughs) It is the most expensive balloon I have bought in my entire life. Um, But they promised, they said, this thing doesn't deflate. It, It stays up. And so we're buying this on day one. And sure enough, this balloon holds up. It stays, it stays fully uh, inflated the entire week. And so for the rest of the day, she was super excited to have this balloon. She carried it around. And then uh, being wise investors of balloons as we were, we tied it to the stroller as to not see our investment just fly away. And, and so we do that for the whole week, and we're leaving. And it brought this joy to her. Every time she saw the balloon, even when we went back to the hotel, she was super excited, this balloon, because it was, it was clear, and then it was purple Mickey Mouse ears inside. And it was just an incredible balloon. Uh, not worth what we paid, but it was an incredible balloon. So we get to the airport. Everything's packed up. We're going to fly back home, 
And as we're getting onto the airplane, they tell us, you're going to have to deflate that balloon. Ah, ah. You've been there, right? No balloons on the airplane. And, I'm, and, I, and I have a, a brief moment with them and say, but you don't understand what I paid for this <laughs> balloon. Uh, there's a promise that comes with this balloon that it doesn't deflate. And what they didn't tell me when they sold me was that you have to deflate it to get on the plane. And so now I'm sitting here figuring out how do I deflate this balloon without popping it and in a way that I can get it re-inflated when we get back to Texas because this balloon just brings joy. Uh, balloons do that to kids, right? Anytime any of my kids are in the store and they see the balloons, they start pulling them down. Dad, can we have this? Dad, we want this balloon. Or if one has a birthday, we've got to get enough balloons for everybody in the house or it's just, you know, chaos. But balloons weren't allowed on the airplane. Balloons that, that bring us joy, that bring a smile to our face. And so... Are balloons allowed in church? I mean, this is an interesting question to me. Are balloons allowed in church? For in the, in the scripture, we have a scene of Jesus. And, and if we remember last week, Jesus is uh, at Levi's house, who is a tax collector, who's now going to be one of his disciples. He gave it all up to follow him. And he's there eating with tax collectors and with sinners. And his disciples are there with them. And... and while this was going on, John's disciples, now John's disciples, it means John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, who had baptized Jesus, um, he was the prophet in the wilderness, right? And he was going to point to Jesus. Well, John was in the uh, uh, religion of Judaism, and, and so he was baptizing people into repentance, and they were still held under the law. And this was more of a, a ritual cleansing to help make them uh, uh, holy and acceptable so that when they get to the Day of Atonement, it's easier for their sins to be forgiven. And there were people who uh, were adamant followers of John. Now, some of them went and followed Jesus on the day he was baptized, but not everybody who was baptized by John was there the day Jesus was. And, and so some of John's disciples, and then it says and the disciples of the Pharisees and the Pharisees themselves, they, they were fasting on that day. Now, within Judaism, there is only one required day of fasting. In all of Scripture, it's found in Deuteronomy 16, the day of fasting is the day of atonement. So that's the only required day within Jewish law for fasting, found within Scripture. But what happened over the course of years is that fasting was seen as this holy, this pious thing, this way uh, uh, to uh, uh, ready your flesh and ready your person for the coming Messiah. And so they began teaching that, you know, fasting once a year is good, but, you know, if you really want to be good, and, and remember the whole thing of the law was to be as good as possible so you can get into heaven. And so if you really want to be good, then you need to also fast every Monday and Thursday. And so they started fasting two times a week. And so that's what we have here. We have John's disciples, the disciples of the Pharisees and the Pharisees. They're fasting two times a week on Mondays and Thursdays. Now, Jesus is over here in a tax collector's house eating and drinking with his disciples and with tax collectors and sinners. And now he's being bombarded with questions about rules of religion, right? He, 
you know, he gets really two questions of why are you eating with them? And when he answers that question, then they say, well, why are you eating at all? Right. These are religious rule questions. And they didn't understand it. They, They go, you seem to be having fun during a time we're supposed to be fasting. You know, that the fasting to prepare themselves for the coming Messiah. And so what we notice then is that they do not recognize Jesus as that Messiah. They don't have that recognition within them. Otherwise, the fasting would have ended because that's what their fasting was for, the preparation of the coming Messiah. Rather, they just thought Jesus as another rabbi in the, in the vein of John or in the vein of a Sadducee or a, or a Pharisee. And so why wasn't he teaching the religion to his disciples and those who were around him the way that others were teaching it? Are balloons allowed in church? And so Jesus answers in verses 19 and 20. He says this, Can the wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. So there's some things here that Jesus says we need to unpack. First is the understanding of bridegroom. It's just the fancy way of saying groom as we understand it in our language. Bridegroom, groom, same word. Um, And so the bridegroom is the groom. Now, the thing about weddings back then was this. They would have the wedding, and there, then there would be the wedding feast, and then the couple wouldn't go jump off in a honeymoon to the Caribbean. No, the custom was that they would then, at their house, essentially host an open house in which their bridesmaids and their groomsmen, those of the wedding party, would be there and serving all of the guests who would come and essentially treat them like king and queen. And there would be feasting and drinking every day for a full week. And and so this was the custom of what would happen. And the teachers, the rabbis of the day, because the law didn't require fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. Rather, it was this extra pious, um, extra law teaching of religion. They said, well, if it's a wedding and you're the wedding guests, then you don't have to fast during that week. And so Jesus understands this and he says, well, if the bridegroom is there, they don't have to fast. And that, that's why he comes up with that rule. And But what we also need to understand is that Jesus is our bridegroom. He is the groom, the church, the whole church, the full body of believers. We are the bride of Christ. We are his bride. Are there balloons allowed at church? absolutely balloons are allowed at church. You, you wanted to shout it at the beginning. You knew the answer. Yes, balloons are allowed at church. At all times, balloons are allowed at church because we gather each Sunday, and we say this, we gather to celebrate the gospel. What we do coming together to worship is a joyful Event. It's, it's joyful that bounds from our heart, unending joy that bounds. We don't mourn the gospel. We don't mourn the death of Christ. We celebrate 
the gospel. We celebrate the death of Christ because God gave us mercy and love and peace and patience and forgiveness that flow through it. We celebrate because there is a newness of life. When a baby is born, we don't, we, we're not just stoic about it and go on about our day. There's a smile and a celebration around new life. At weddings, we celebrate. And that's what Jesus says. We're in the midst of celebrating the Messiah has come. And we live on this side of the cross where the Messiah has not only come, but he has completed his good and sufficient work on the cross for our salvation. We celebrate because of Christ, there is new life in us. Jesus goes on to continue telling us, you know, if you get a piece of fabric that's unshrunk and you sew it onto an older fabric that's already shrunk, if, if you do this, the, the patch is going to tear away from the garment because that patch will shrink on itself, and you'll just cause a bigger tear and ruin the whole garment. And likewise, he says that you also cannot put new wine into old wineskins. He says this because he was asked the question about fasting. He was asked this question about religious rules that existed during that time. And Jesus is trying to tell them, the gospel doesn't fit into your way of living. Because their way of living at that time was works righteousness. You fast on Mondays, you fast on Thursdays, you do this, you do that, and each one of them is a rung on the ladder to get yourself closer and closer to heaven. It was based on what you could do on your own. And Jesus says this new wine, this new covenant poured out in his blood is for the forgiveness of sins. This new wine. It's for new life, and it's a new way. For you see, the old wineskins were brittle, and they cracked. And if you poured new wine into them in the fermenting process, wine expands, and it would cause the wineskins to crack and to break, and the wine would dump out, and the wineskin would also be ruined. So that's why he put new wine in new wineskins the skin of the goat, and, and, it, and it had this elasticity to it that allowed it to expand, that as the wine expanded, it too could grow. But it's because of Christ that Jesus comes as new wine and the old religion cracks and breaks because of it. It's no longer based on works righteousness. It's based on love and forgiveness. It's why we're gifted a new heart and a new life. It's because this old way of performance to get into heaven will not sustain the new wine of forgiveness. We will keep wanting to go back to the ways of performance. So he gives us a new heart, a new life. We are reborn so that we can live for him into the fullness of the grace and the forgiveness he offers us in that new wine. For you see, it's at our baptism. It's exactly what we celebrate, being made into new wineskins. For the old is past, 
and the new has come. Are balloons allowed at church? You better believe it. You better believe balloons are allowed at church because we are here to rejoice in the Lord. And in Isaiah 51 verse 11, it reads, And the ransomed, that's us, we've been ransomed, of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Unending joy, our balloon is not deflated. I love this faith community here at First Christian Church of the Beaches. Five years ago, when I came here from Texas, y'all had to teach me a few things, even though I still say y'all. Y'all had to teach me how to celebrate, right? There are no memorial service. There are no funerals here. We have celebrations of life. We celebrate the gospel on Sunday morning. We celebrate the gospel at the celebrations of life. We celebrate the gospel at weddings. We celebrate the gospel in fellowship. We celebrate the gospel, and we celebrate each other when we're together. We celebrate not only the life that was lived of the person, but we celebrate the new life, fully realized in the glory of God of the now departed. Oh, and what a day of rejoicing that will be when we arrive upon heaven's gates. Oh, that balloon is just a foretaste of the unending joy to come. But while we're here, there are moments of solemn. There are moments of quiet, quiet moments of rest, and even moments of mourning and grief. Yes, those all do exist. But they exist all the while we hold on to that balloon of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.